from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. This is Nebraska Farmcast. I'm Ryan Evans, joined by Jessica Groskoff, an extension ag economist, and Corey Walters, a grain marketing specialist, both here in UNL's Department of Agricultural Economics, to get their advice on marketing decisions that producers should be considering during these times of rising commodity prices. Corey, for context, can you first give us an update on how grain prices have been moving and how this compares to previous seasons? Yeah, definitely. Uh, this season uh, does not compare relatively well to you know the most recent uh, experience uh, on commodity prices. Um, however, uh, this just this doesn't mean that uh, it's not within the the realm of of uh, probabilities of where things can go. We're definitely still within the range of where commodity prices can can trade. It's just uh, we haven't seen this for a while. We can get a little. Uh, uh, jaded by our, our recent past experience, uh, you know, driving our perceptions going forward. Uh, this is a, a wonderful year to remind us of anything can happen. And you mentioned we haven't seen this in a while. So why have prices been at such rarely high levels this year? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we, we can get into a lot of, you know, fundamental uh, aspects of this. Uh, I'm just going to stick to uh, a, a broader spectrum uh, here. Uh, you, we, the Commodity prices are determined by active buyers and sellers. Um, if you take, uh, let's say, the Girl Scout farm out there uh, in western Nebraska, and they're uh, not selling anything, right? They're revealing that uh, they want prices to go higher before they sell. So they're not an, an active seller. Uh, so when you when you face a market where, where a lot of buyers show up and uh, there's very few sellers, um, this early in the the growing year, right, where we're at, uh, it. Crazy things can happen, um, especially on the on the upward end. Uh, prices prices can go up high, fast, and they may not stick around. Um, we're we're in uh, different territory, so yeah, we're stuck to you know uh, um, active buyers and sellers, and we got the right conditions motivating both of them. Uh, we're given, and that's given us our dynamics we see today. And you and Jessica have a new article on this topic on our website farm.unl.edu. Uh, you've written about the pressure that farmers feel to lock in higher prices, but uh, Jessica, there is some hesitancy there about doing it too early so they don't miss the high. So uh, what's your reaction to that, your take on this approach? Yeah, so I, I think we're all in the place where we kind of get in our head and depending on what your financial uh, health is as a farmer or ranch, you might be looking at this saying, boy, I need a little bit more. And so it's really important that as we consider, should I sell, should I wait, what should I do, that we understand that each individual farm is, is its own entity and has its own path and what's best for one operation might not be best for the next. So in the article, we really encourage you to look at your goals and objectives, which is something that kind of sounds a little bit strange when we start talking about farms and ranches, but you should have a goal um, of what what do you want your price outlook uh, to be for the year and are the current prices at or above those stated goals and and that's something that I think sometimes we forget we, we get caught up in the it's up 10 cents it's down a quarter um, and so when you start to get into that place of, of uh, anxiety where you're just watching it change from day to day, you need to take a step back and, and go back to those goals for your operation. And that will help us a lot in determining, should I sell or should I wait for the market to go up a little bit higher? 
Yeah. And when it comes to goals, the number one goal is always usually farm survival. Uh, so Corey, what would you recommend for producers right now to be considering? So you, you have to take a, a step back and think deeply about what are the elements that are going to impact your farm that's going to take it out of out of it being able to survive to next year. And in the context of grain marketing, uh, you got to get back to that revenue function and and uh, and then take a look at your costs to see what type of profits are there. This is this is not a a price maximization uh, objective. This is a a a uh, grain marketing is part of a farm survival objective. Um, in these sort of markets, there's never going to be the right choice of uh, when you sell your grain. Um, it's all about creating a good average uh, that that allows you to achieve your goal of farm survival. And at these prices that we've we've uh, come to see, um, if you get some of those into your your uh, uh, you know through hedges into your your farm level uh, um, uh, revenue function. Uh, then, then you can, you can actually put that chance of survival pretty much at hundred percent for this upcoming year. Um, and that is a, uh, a, a wonderful place to be and a place to enjoy, uh, this price environment, um, and not, not let the emotion of finding the highest price or contracting today and watching prices go up 20 cents tomorrow and thinking you've done something wrong. Um, this is, this is really a place we, we want to cherish and get to, um, Again, hopefully not in a, a 10-year break of low commodity prices, uh, um, but it's, it's a good place. And Jessica, you write about selling in smaller quantities over the course of the growing season. How can that strategy benefit producers? Yeah, so in the article, we talk about taking your expected production and, and pulling it down to those smaller quantities, thinking in 5 to 10% of your production and, and making those sales. And this does a couple of different things. Number one, it allows you to take action, which making that sale always feels good. Um, as long as you don't hit, you know, that snag that Corey talked about thinking, oh, I missed it, right? So if we break it down into smaller quantities, we get the satisfaction of that sale, um, but then it still allows us to continue to play in the market. So if we're not, you know, marketing large quantities of our bushels at once, we're doing it in smaller increments, then that allows for us to adjust as the market adjusts. So one of the things we're experiencing right now is market volatility and the fact that the market goes up and it comes down. Um, and again, that's the relationship between those active buyers and sellers. So um, as the market shifts and changes throughout the growing season, if, you, if you've marketed in smaller quantities, you're able to build, that, uh, build in multiple sales and then start to develop a, an average price over time that looks at the entire season rather than trying to hit that home run at the peak of the market, which you'll probably miss. Um, if, if you have the luck that I have, um, it's rare that, that you sell on the high. So breaking it into smaller quantities um, just allows you to, to start to gain some momentum um, and build that farm average like Corey was talking about. Yeah, great. And Corey, can you speak more about this farm average price, how it might fit into a marketing plan? So, so when we when we think about decision making, uh, we can get you know caught up in the the small little decisions. We we need to keep a, a picture, an eye on the overall idea of what we're doing when when we make decisions, and this applies very well to grain marketing. 
to where we're going to have a, a slew of, of uh, contracts that we made over time and in a, an environment with a lot of price volatility, those contract prices are going to change a lot over time. But at the end of the day, it's that average price that matters. And we, we want to watch that uh, evolve and, and prefer it gets better as we, we move on through the year. Um, one, one of the, the best objectives in grain marketing to start off with is, is within the, in the sense of survival is that first sale Man, I hope it's the worst one I make. I hope that's the lowest price I have in, of all prices I contract. And prices from there go up um, throughout the rest of the growing season. And I keep contracting into that thing. And I, I, take, I, I improve my farm average over, over that. Now, that, that's an easy picture to see. Uh, in, in reality, we're going to have these ups and downs and lefts and rights. So, uh, but again, watch that farm average. Watch that thing grow or change. Um, and, and in this year where we, it's, uh, it should be growing. Um, but if you, if you make a few sales and then stop because you're, you're getting anxi- anxiety because it's going up so much, that's, that's going against creating a better farm average that you can, you can rely on, uh, when you're making all the other farm decisions. All right. Corey Walters, a grain marketing specialist here in the department of agricultural economics. Jessica Groskoff, an agricultural economist with Nebraska Extension. They have a new article on this topic now on our farm and ranch management website, farm.unl.edu. Corey, Jessica, thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. This has been Nebraska Farmcast, a production of the Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For decision-making tools, articles, podcasts, videos, and more, visit us online at farm.unl.edu.